are having way too much fun in the studio today. But that's why you listen, right? You are listening and watching The Human Resource. Right here in Cincinnati, it's the station ICRC-TV. And today, he's back, Carl Ulrich, my mentor and, and partner here representing Sibylle Shilato and Dyer. Thanks, Bandy. It's nice to be here. Appreciate it. And you did that well. That was good. That was Considering good. I forgot to get, push record Push last record, time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're doing really well here. Uh, you know, one of the most important things I like to stress on this show is that Many of our ideas are your ideas, your suggestions, and today's topic is just that. Uh, I have to thank Warren over in Kentucky for the suggestion that we talk about the Fair Labor Standard Act. And exactly what do we mean when we talk about exercising discretion? And how do we identify or define independent judgment? And, and Warren, again, thank you so much for this because we were talking about this the other day and I and you're not the only one who challenges me when I go in and do these FLSA audits. And, and again, viewers, it, uh, listeners, if you're not doing an audit on the Fair Labor Standard Act, please stop the first, as soon as this first of the year t- comes around, please do that because Carl and I were just sitting here talking about the new threshold that has been proposed and you don't want to be working towards those guidelines until you know that everyone is properly identified and classified now. That's right. Yeah. So just to recap, the um, uh, proposed rule came out in, I think it was August of this past year. And uh, the, the Department of Labor said, look, we're going to raise the threshold, raise the salary or compensation threshold in order to qualify for an exemption. So before you even get to the tests about whether they're doing the right types of job functions, you have to satisfy the salary basis test. And part of that is you have to be paid a certain level of compensation before you can even qualify for an exemption. And the proposal, just quickly, is going to $1,059 a week, and which is equivalent to $55,068 a year. So you have to make at least that amount. You will, if the rule goes into effect, have to make at least that amount of money minimum in order to qualify for the the traditional exemptions. Now there are a couple of other things part of part that are part of that rule, but uh, those are the key ones to, to to keep in mind. And and the comment period I think is completed, and we're waiting to see if the final rules are going to be coming out after the waiting first with year. bated breath, right? Yep. Because this is going to affect a lot of people. The uh, Department of Labor estimates that the uh, amount of individuals who will be uh, Below that threshold, and therefore newly eligible for overtime compensation, uh, that number is somewhere in the neighbor of three and a half million. So, what that the effect of this rule does is it makes more people eligible for overtime compensation. At least that's the goal. And once that passed, trust me, Carl will be back, and we will talk about that to, to a greater extent. But today, let's get back to the the, the guidelines or or the, the the requirements by which a person today would be considered exempt. And the one I want to focus on is the one that I see the most gray, the the most confusion on, which was Warren's comment was, Pandy, help me understand, what is independent judgment 
and the exercise of discretion. And we're looking at the administrative classification for those of you who are following. If you're if you're looking up the regs while we're li- you're listening to this podcast, it's the administrative that we're going to focus on. Right. Administrative exemption, just to recap, is is an individual who, of course, meets those salary requirements, but is also involved in the whose primary duty is engaged in the performance of non-manual work relating to the management or business operations of an entity, so or of an employer. So it goes to the functions of the business, the internal stuff. And one of the requirements of that work one of that the, is that the primary duty has to include the exercise regularly and customarily of discretion and independent judgment, which is not the same thing as performing tasks as assigned to you on an ongoing basis. Very fu- fundamentally different from that. So one of my favorite stories was way back in the 90s when I worked for a major hospital system and I had two acute care, 2,300 employees, five long-term care, uh, a home health division, and the administrative assistant for the president, lovely lady. I had a wonderful time with this organization. But as I was doing an audit, random audit, ran across her and realized, oh my, crap, she's making $60,000 as an administrative assistant. Now back then... That was a lot of money a lot for of money a now. clerical. <laughs> yeah, well, Mr. So I started going through. Well, what is it, what is exactly she doing? Maybe I'm in the wrong role. Maybe I should be, you know, working as she is. But yet, I couldn't find anything that really stood out. So in talking to the president, he said, "But you don't understand, Andy. She knows exactly what board member sits at what chair. She knows exactly how they like their papers stacked, and and most of all, she knows exactly what chocolate I want. And my water's always cold." in the podium before I give my presentations. Needless to say, Carl. <laughs> I mean, as I've said, those things are important. And and they may be important enough to pay somebody a pretty good salary for uh, and and compensate them very well for that. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. If we're not paying overtime, though. <laughs> the question becomes, is that person classified correctly as an exempt employee? Or should that should they be classified as non-exempt? That's the real question, as as you are obviously heading us toward. Um, you know, as I'm thinking through that, as important as chocolate is, <laughs> as important as full water glasses are, and, and, and I don't mean to be, you know, to be... Um, to diminish that at all, because that kind of stuff is important, uh, in and having somebody who looks after that stuff is really key. But, but those are not the kinds of functions that you typically associate with uh, independent discretion or judgment. Um, when you exercise independent discretion, you are not performing tasks. You are not uh, doing four or four or five things that somebody has assigned to you, and and that may be. Um, all those things you mentioned that may be typing a, a, a document, that may be other manual tasks. They're non-manual tasks. And when you're talking about independent discretion, you're really talking about somebody who has the ability to make decisions on behalf of the organization, who has the ability to exercise discretion and bind that organization legally and practically to a course of action. That's not quite the same thing as preparing for a meeting. Okay, scenario one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are the business owner, you come to me and say, hey, I need the driveway paved. You're the office manager. Get the driveway paved, but you've got a $20,000 budget. Mm -hmm. 
Um, probably still not quite exempt because we're getting into an area where they've got a little more discretion than the person who's just setting up a, a conference room table. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're still working within with they're still working within designated parameters. The other thing about the independent discretion requirement that it ha- is that it has to be customary and regular. It has to be part of the primary duty of that individual, meaning that it's not a one-off. Well, it's, I'm not going to pave the driveway. We're not going to pave the driveway every month. No. I'm not going to renew a copier contract or a phone contract or have the carpets cleaned right. every month. You've assigned a particular project to this individual. You've given them a limited amount of discretion to act within those parameters. Uh, and, and I would say that's probably not quite there yet. Uh, customary and regular independent discretion and uh, uh, judgment is a much broader, much more all-encompassing role. Uh, and it can bind the organization without a lot of outside input. You can rely on other input, but you have the ability to make the decision without that input. You have the authority to to set strategy, to set parameters, to make decisions. And as I said, acting in accordance with specific instructions on a particular project doesn't get you there. I'm an office manager, and I uh, take in the checks. I write checks to pay bills. I have a, a two, two individuals that work with me or for me, and uh, if, if I'm not busy or we don't have enough work, I can send them home. Mm-hmm. Um, I can go to the bank and make deposits. Mm-hmm. I can even go and, and purchase supplies. Um, again, probably not quite to the level of independent discretion that you need for an administrative exemption. Again, these are manual tasks for the most part, uh, clerical tasks for the most part. We're not talking about a lot of discretion or independent judgment there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a list of things you have to do on a fairly regular basis, and you do them. So again, uh, I don't think that gets you to the exemption in that case. I am the manager of a call center, and I've got 15 people working for me. Um, I interview and hire. I make recommendations for individuals that performance-based terminations. Um, I literally can set the standards for returned calls, returned emails, customer response, um, customer service standards. And I participate in the management meetings so that they understand what the complaints have been, what where we're spending the most time with customers. Am I exempt? Yeah. Now I think you're getting into the exemption. <sighs> and the reason is, uh, you, you use the term manager, uh, which in and of itself might get you into an exemption, another kind of an exemption called the executive exemption. But setting that aside for the moment, um, this person has the ability to manage other employees. Mm-hmm. So presumably that includes both setting performance standards. Yes. There's discretion, right? There's judgment evaluating the employees against those performance standards, again, independent judgment, discretion, um, setting customer standards. Again, that's the fundamental core of the business. How we deal with our customers helps define us as a business. Those standards are critical to our DNA. That's a pretty fundamental organizational responsibility. It involves a lot of judgment. It involves a lot of care and a lot of expertise. I would say that position is exempt. What should a company do if they suddenly realized after listening to your, your presentation today, what should they go back to the office and do? Well, I, I think 
to the point you made, I think, at the very beginning, you know, reviewing these classifications on a regular basis is important because, remember, jobs change. You may have uh, hired somebody in five years ago in a position that, at least on paper, was clearly exempt, but over time their job duties changed or evolved and maybe to a different level or a different degree. Uh, or vice versa, you may have hired somebody in on a non-exempt position and their jobs have evolved differently. So reevaluating those exemptions on a fairly regular basis is the first recommendation I would day, make. And I think most positions, you probably want to do that on, if not an annual basis, at least once every two years to take a look at those positions. Now, a job description isn't alone going to determine whether the exemption is valid. It'll help. Neither the title. Or the title. They'll help. They're part of the things that you consider. But uh, starting there but not ending there is important. You know, there's a, a form that I give out to my clients called a position profile. And I love this because it's so eye-opening. What it does is it asks the employee to, on a daily basis for a week, tell us what you're doing today. And how long did it take you to do this? And what happens after that week is I've, I literally have employers going, wait a minute, what is she doing this for? I didn't hire her to do this. Or no wonder it's taking so long to get stuff done because this person was never trained to do this over here. And what we have found with the pandemic especially, that we ended up taking people and making them hybrids because we, the the attrition and, and the retention was so crazy that we couldn't necessarily fill positions fast enough. And so we ended up dividing out jobs and giving just using what bodies and and, and workers that we had – and so now we've got people doing things that may not are the most efficient mm -hmm. and they're not what they were intended to do. Mm -hmm. A position profile will give you the best snapshot on really evaluating, do I have the right person in the right position? And then you can say, am I truly paying them correctly? Right. And, and a, lot of, a lot of positions involve a kind of mix of duties, right? There are some that are clearly exempt. Some positions have lots of duties that are exempt and lots of duties that aren't. And that's why we have the so-called primary duty rule. Um, you, you have to look at everything in totality and determine if the primary function, the primary duties, the most important functions of that position are exempt in nature. And then usually that's about a 50-50 proposition. As long as it's 50% or more, you're pretty safe. But it doesn't have to be. Other factors apply as well. So that's the way you take a look at this. This is such great information. Thank you so very, very much for coming back and helping me with this. But now I have a big surprise, and you viewers get to be here for it. The Human Resource was awarded a 2023 Blue Chip Community Award, and it was based on a show that Carl and I did on foreign workers. And I want to give... He didn't know I was doing this today. Congratulations. I'm giving him his own plaque. Oh, this is for me? That is for you. Wow. I couldn't have done That's it without awesome. you. Thank you so much. Appreciate Isn't that, that. cool? Yeah. <laughs> when we started back in 2015, we would joke and say, you know all those awards in the hallway? Yeah, we want one of those. <laughs> well, we finally got one. And that's I, terrific. Yeah, that's for you. Very nice. Thank you. Congratulations <laughs> to you as well. <laughs> Thank you. And hey, I want to say a, a hello out to Janet and Lori out in New Jersey, who sent me an email the other day. And then, of course, Steve out in Missouri, who's now a, a new watcher or listener or a viewer of uh, the podcast here. Send us in your suggestions because that's what we're here for. We want to help you do the best that you can in the role that you have because that's what we love to do here at 
the human resource.